Well, how many are ready to worship the Lord tonight? Amen, amen. Let's all stand to our feet. I cannot tell you how grateful and thankful I am that you are in the house of the Lord together with me and my family, and uh, I'm ready for a great move of the Lord in our lives, and I'm ready for him to search our hearts and to find us. Amen. Christ. 
powerful name it is. Nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus. You alone are worthy, Lord. You alone. 
death could not hold you, the veil torn before you, you silenced the boast of sin and grave. The heavens are roaring, the praise of your glory, for you are raised to life tonight, God. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Lord, I'm asking you to speak to my heart like you've never spoken to it before. Give me clarity like I've never understood before. Or the open wounds and the open sores that for some odd reason, Lord, I've never allowed to heal. Would you begin to heal me tonight? say that if it's going to be, Lord, I want it to be inside of me. Lord, I'll chase you. I'll follow you. I'll beg you. I'll plead with you, Lord, if you'll just move in my life again. If you'll change it, Lord. Lord, make my heart exceptional for you. Make our heart exceptional for you. Lord, and if there's anything that I'm struggling letting go of tonight, anything from the past, anything from the present, any fear I have of the future, Lord, would you loosen my hand tonight? Would you loosen our hands tonight?
don't deserve, I don't deserve him, but still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the ninety-nine. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it. Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God We bless you, Lord. We thank you. Amen. Let's give him praise. Amen, amen. You may be seated tonight. Whew. I'm so glad to be here. You have no idea. I want to say hi to my friends Kevin and Rhonda Knuckles. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, right here, this is the house that Kevin built. What an honor. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I want to say thank you to everybody that's here. You came back. And for those that didn't, yeah. I'm just kidding. I just want to talk to you tonight. I, I wrestled today, um, and I'm not much of, of, of a wrestler, uh, but I wrestled today. Um, and uh, I really felt in my spirit and felt in my heart that there was something I wanted to share. And, and um, so I'm just going to share with you my heart, if it's okay. I'm going to share with you my feelings and my thoughts. And, and uh, I'm a pretty simple talker. I'm a pretty simple thinker. Um, I, uh, I try not to make anything too complicated in my life, and so uh, I won't project any complication on you either. I'm just going to get straight to the point and uh, tell you that um, if you're missing out on Jesus, you're missing out on everything. He's our everything. He's our everything. And some call him the lily of the valley. Some call him the bright and the morning star. Some call him the fairest of 10,000. Some call him the Rose of Sharon. Some call him the king. Some call him the king of all kings. Some call him majesty. Some call him salvation. Some call him an ever-present help in times of trouble. All of those names are perfect. They fit who he is. But tonight I want to talk to you about him being our shepherd. What it looks like to be a shepherd. I'll talk about you. And when I talk about you, I'm talking about me as one big family, one big group here tonight. I want to talk about you and I want to talk about the shepherd in the three classifications of aspect that I'm going I'm to focus on tonight are the sheep, the wolves, and the shepherd. The sheep, the wolves, and the shepherd. If you have your word with me tonight, uh, open up to the book of Psalm. If you don't have it with you uh, in text, you can look at it on your phone. If you don't know how to find it on your phone, they'll have it on the screen, I would imagine. Uh, Psalm 95, Psalm chapter number 95, verse number 7. My job as a, as a human being that has been saved by the grace of God, um, my job is to make sure uh, I do my best, one, 
to be the best human being that I can possibly be under the grace of God and follow and live by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, if you're unclear of what the fruit of the Holy Spirit is, you have love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, 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 goodness. I want to stress goodness, goodness. Somewhere along our Christian walk, we've lost the true value of what being a good person is. Goodness, long-suffering, temperance, all characteristics and fruit of having the Holy Spirit. And uh, I want to make this really, really clear. I, I learned this early on in life as a preacher's kid growing up around a, an enormous amount of wonderful people. But every now and then, every now and then, uh, you would have someone that as they got older in life and became more seasoned in life, it seemed to be that the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, that they graduated from those. I want you to know that it is impossible as a believer in Christ to ever graduate yes. from the, you never, the, there's no uh, statute of limitations on having the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. I'll say it again, I'll say it again, there's no statute of limitations. If you have seven out of eight and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, I question your filling with the Holy Spirit. You need eight out of eight, you need nine out of nine, you need it all, 100%. If you struggle, it's all right to struggle. I'm saying you continually press toward the mark is what I'm asking you to do. Sheep, we are sheep. My goodness, we are sheep. Psalm 95, verse number 7. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. We are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Psalm 100, a few pages over. Psalm 100, verse number 3, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people in the sheep of His pasture. Let me give you a lot of attributes about sheep. And when I say sheep, I hope that collectively and figuratively and, and emotionally, you can see that when I'm talking about uh, the sheep, I'm also talking about us as sheep. Sheep travel well together. Sheep are not known for intelligence. Sheep are slow. They prefer to stay together or in their flock. Sheep are often scared of movement. Sheep are scared of change. They often panic. If they fall, they struggle getting back to their feet. Sheep hear exceptionally well. In fact, they can hear and amplify and pinpoint, get this, sound in multiple sounds from different locations simultaneously out of both ears. Does that make sense? Sheep are amazing animals. They can hear and amplify sound from different directions at the same time. They can hear gossip out of this ear and gossip out of this ear. Come on now, that's a joke. Sudden sounds often scare them and make them nervous and hard to handle and releases a stress-related hormone inside of them. Sheep often follow. Sheep that are last through the gate are often checked for illness because it's not natural for them to be isolated or alone. Sheep that are last through the gate are often checked for illness because it's not natural for them to be isolated or alone. Slow, yes but not too far behind. Sheep depend heavily on their vision. Sheep depend heavily on their vision. 
They have excellent peripheral vision. And they can actually see behind them without ever turning their heads. However, sheep have poor depth perception. They cannot see immediately in front of their nose or very well at all in 3D. There is some vertical vision, but it's been sacrificed in order to have a wider field of vision. I'm talking about sheep. I'm going to read this part again. Sheep depend heavily on their vision. They have excellent peripheral vision. In fact, they can see behind them without ever turning their heads, which I have found in my life seems to be my biggest stumbling block. I can have my head forward the whole time with my eyes locked on the prize, and all of a sudden, I see what happened yesterday. I see what happened last week. I see all the future right here, but it's keeping me from taking that step forward into greener pastures because I'm also looking behind at what happened three months ago. And if I run fast enough, remember on Sunday we talked about being a runner, a hider, or a fighter. Last night we talked about the storms that shape us, speaking of Jonah and our lives, the storms that shape us. In revival in 2020, as often as I've asked the Lord uh, in preparation for this time with you today, Lord, what does Revival 2020 look like? And I think that if you watch the news, if you watch social media, and, and you'll hear me reference social media a lot because social media is a part of our world. Whether we love it, whether we hate it, whether we like it, whether we dislike it, it's part of our world. Whether we use it to pass the time or whether we use it to get all our information, it's part of our world whether we use it to keep up with our families or whether we use it to, to keep distance between our families. It's part of our world. So I reference social media a lot. Sheep have poor depth perception. They cannot see immediately in front of their noses or very well in three-dimensional. They have some vertical vision, but may also, it's also been sacrificed in order to have a wider field of vision. We as sheep... We follow each other. Oftentimes we follow each other blindly without asking questions. We follow each other from pasture to pasture. And I'm not saying we follow the shepherd. I'm saying we follow each other. Matthew 7:15 says, Be aware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they have ravening wolves. Remember, sheep don't see well. Wolves understand that. And they don't see in 3D. Beware of false prophets, Matthew 7, 15, that have come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are wolves. Let me give you the characteristic of a wolf now that I've given you the characteristic of a sheep. Wolves are made for stamina. What a wolf lacks in size, it makes, for, makes up for in collaboration and intelligence. Wolves are opportunists. They test their prey sensing any weakness or vulnerability through visual cues and even through hearing and scent. Contrary to ambush predators, they rely on the element of surprise and a short and intense burst of energy to secure their prey. Wolves are endurance, wolves are endurance or coursing predators. They chase their prey often over longer distances, sometimes even a few miles in order to find the right animal or opportunity. On the hunt, wolves work together 
with certain individuals typically carrying out specific roles in the hunt. They're good at staying in their lane, often based on age, gender, and social standing. The wolf's objective when hunting the sheep is to scatter and to isolate. The wolf's objective when hunting is to scatter and isolate. I want to remind us scripturally that Jesus refers to us as sheep. We often call our pastors shepherds, and, and rightly so. It's an honor that we have given them, and, and uh, you have an incredible shepherd. But no matter how hard he tries, and no matter how gifted he is, and no matter how much um, uh, honor you give him, and no matter how much platform voice he has, and no matter how far his reach is, he will never be the great shepherd. He's a, he's a great shepherd, but he's not the great shepherd. We have one great shepherd. I heard Matt Chandler say this, and I'll say it till the day I die. Jesus didn't call me. He didn't, he, God, didn't, God didn't ask me to be great. He's great. He asked me to be obedient. And there is a, there's a huge, and I'm, I'm a big proponent of this, and I've watched this, and, and listen, um, when it comes to churches and, and structure in churches and ministries and everything else, I, I want us to be the best that we can be. I've spent my last 12 years helping churches be the best that they can possibly be and to be the most influential, to be the most resourceful. Because I believe that the local church is the hope of the world. I've always believed that. I've always thought that. My problem was I, I quit teaching about Jesus and I started teaching about church. I quit leading worship based on what I felt my spirit was saying and I started leading worship based on what I thought everybody could sing together. We're sheep. I'm a sheep. It's unfortunate we make the mistakes we do, but that's the way that we're made as sheep, and Jesus calls us his sheep. John 10, 10, the thief does not come except, except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And it's been my experience, and I believe that it's been my experience over the last 25 years in ministry, that before the thief comes to try to kill you, before he comes to try to steal you, and before he tries to destroy you, he will first try to scatter you and isolate you. If he can get you isolated from everybody, if he can get you offended at somebody, if he can get you to where you just hang out by yourself, if he can get you to where, you, where you're down on yourself, and, and there's a saying that says, misery loves company, eh, to a point. If the enemy can get you to scatter away from everything that you've known all your life, if he can get you to turn on your own and say, you know what, I, I see a meeting over here on Sundays, I see a meeting on Wednesdays, I, I know I should be at prayer on Wednesday nights, but ah, I just, I don't, I don't exactly agree with what he taught last Sunday. And it was just, I mean, I, I like 99% of it, but that 1% is going to keep me, I just, I can't do it anymore. You know, I like Sean. He's a good-looking guy. He's tall. He's skinny. <laughs> Don't get me started. He's got an on-point beard. Ugh. I love it. But he just, I don't know, he just, I, I, don't, I just didn't care for that one song. You just didn't like, it just didn't, 
it just didn't settle in my spirit, that whole blessing thing. <laughs> if the enemy can get you to scatter, then he will seek to destroy and to kill and to steal you. If he can scatter you mentally, if he can scatter you emotionally, maybe physically, scatter you with self-doubt, scatter you with anxiety, scatter you with self-worth issues and depression, and mostly if he can scatter you with offense, he's got a firm grip on you. If he can scatter you with offense, and I don't know if there's ever been a time in our lifetime, and I, if you're 90 or if you're 9, there has never been a time in our lifetime where, where we as a society and as a culture are this much offended. Scripture even tells us, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend me. And we have thrown that right out, and we've said, I'm offended, I'm bothered, that upset me. And I believe that, and again, this is my experience, and if you don't like it, it's, it's okay, just wash this part away and stick with me. It's been my experience that offense is rooted in insecurity of who you are and, and your lack of identity. I used to get offended. I used to get offended all the time. But I found out the more secure I was in Christ, the less offended I became. The more I knew the truth, Scripture tells us, buy the truth and sell it not. Listen, I told you the other night, it's, it's your story. Nobody can tell your story like you can. Nobody can tell my story like I can. So when someone comes up and they offer criticism, I want to encourage you with this. Never take constructive criticism from someone that's never built anything. Why would you listen to someone that tells you how to captain your boat when they can't captain their own canoe? But that's the easiest way, right? That's what happens. I told you, I got a friend who always says, hey, you know, you should have done this. You should have done this. I literally had a guy, I mean, this is a church story because we all like church stories. It's not gossip, it's a church story. And it happened to me. A guy walked up to me on a Sunday morning, big church, 3,000 people there, and man, I just, I was happy, I was in the flow, I'm shaking hands, I'm hugging, and he walks up and he goes, you got a second? And I knew it when he said, you got a second. I wanted to say, I don't have nothing, I got no seconds. And next Sunday, I'll never have a second. That's what I wanted to say. But I'm a pastor, so I didn't say that. I said, oh, sure. What's going on, brother? <laughs> he said, I got a question for you. And I said, what is it? He said, and this was, and kids, hear me out. It was funny. When it happened, it was funny. We had a daughter at the time, and we didn't have our boys yet. He goes, do you love your kid? I said, do I love my kid? I said, I want to make sure I say this back to you so I'm right and what you, I heard you right. I said, did you say, do you, he said, yeah. Do you, do you love your kid? I said, yeah. You know, actually I do. I do love my kid. He said, well, how come you're not having any more of them? That was five minutes before I was supposed to lead worship. Sheep. We're funny. We're ignorant, we're dumbfounded, we're followers. 
That wouldn't have made much difference to me, except 10 years later, I still remember him saying that to me, which is silly, and it made no difference in my life. But I can't tell you, because of my insecurity, 10 years ago, what little seed was planted in my life when he said, do you love your kid? How many, and all of a sudden, Jill and I talking about, hey, do we want to have more kids? And what did I go back to? Do I love my kid? I think I do. Why, why don't I have more? You see what I'm saying? Sheep are funny. And we plant seeds in each other that we don't even know. How many would be super transparent with me tonight? I'll raise my hand first and say, somebody in your life has said something to you that you have struggled to let go of. Thank you for raising your hand. I thought for a second I was going to be by myself. Aren't we funny? Aren't we funny? And if the enemy can get us to scatter away from everybody else, if he can get us into insecurity, if he can get us into self-doubt, if he can get us into loneliness, self-pity, we're not meant to be alone. I'll say it again. As sheep, we're not meant to be alone. The moments that you've had, that you've failed in your life, the moments you failed your family and the moments you failed your Lord. And that was followed up with depression, discouragement, and you saying, you know, I just want to fade away. I just want to be by myself. That's the voice of the enemy. Because if he can get you alone and scattered and by yourself, then he'll, he'll take a hold of you. And that's the first step to stealing, to killing, and destroying. And let me tell you about stealing, killing, and destroying. It goes in that order. If they can scatter, if a wolf can scatter a sheep, get him off isolated, get her off isolated. That's the first step in stealing, taking away from where they belong, taking something that, 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 that doesn't belong to him. When, when the, we decided to have more kids, we got pregnant, and when we found out it was twins, I was excited. Jill, not so much, but I was super excited. <laughs> but I went into dad mode. I mean, full-on dad mode. And I started selling everything that I knew that would get me enough resources to provide for my twins coming up, my boys. And, and I, was, I was stoked. I was excited. And so I started selling things. I sold my golf clubs. Uh, sold, I sold a car. I sold, and then I started thinking, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And, and, I, and I calculated how much money I was going to be short. So I sat down with Jill, and I said, what do we do? I think we're going to be this short on finances whenever it's time. And so she said, um, I know what we could sell. I said, what is it? She said, I have a ring that you gave me for our five-year anniversary. I was like, Jill, don't sell that. that. She said, it would cover the cost. So we went back and forth. I said, well, let's sit on it for a few days. We went back and forth, and eventually we came to terms with, for our future and our legacy, we would sell that ring. So I listed it on Craigslist in Dallas. Had several people reach out, and all of a sudden a guy reached out, and he wanted to meet with me, and so I set up a meeting. I called about seven or eight different guys that could go with me, and none of them could go with me. I went and met the guy in Arlington, Texas, pulled into a, a place that we had arranged to meet, and he robbed me, took my ring, took our ring. He didn't just rob me, though. He, he stole my purpose. 
that make sense? I was devastated. I mean, devastated. It wasn't the ring. It, it wasn't the ring. And listen, I, I've never been around crime a whole lot in my life. Did I feel violated? Absolutely. I, 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 I had been robbed. He had stolen from me, but it, he didn't steal the ring. What bothered me the most is that he stole my purpose. The purpose was for my kids that I hadn't even met yet, but he stole my provision. Does that make sense? The enemy comes to steal. And when you've been stolen from, there's a lot of things that happen emotionally and mentally in your life. You live in fear. You live in doubt. You replay it over and over and over and over again. He stole my purpose. He stole my purpose. He stole my purpose. Truth is, he just stole a ring. He didn't know me from anybody, but I made it personal. When the enemy comes after you and steals from you, it gets personal. When he steals from your marriage, it gets personal. When he steals your kids, it gets personal. When you've dedicated your kids and you've trained them and you've, you've done all that you thought you could have done and they're not living for the Lord the way you wanted them to, it feels personal. It wreaks havoc on your life emotionally and mentally and you wake up in the morning, you go to bed at night thankful for a good life, but it could be a little bit better if he hadn't stolen that. The three areas that the wolf goes after to steal next is to kill to end the life. You say, isn't stealing and killing and destroying all the same thing? No, 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 no. It's not the same at all. Stealing, you're still alive. You deal with it. It's painful, it's awful, but you're still alive. Killing, you stop breathing. And the enemy wants you no longer breathing the breath of God. The wolf going after the sheep Metaphorically speaking, I'm talking about the enemy, the, the, uh, the devil, Satan, however you want to uh, describe him tonight, going after God's sheep, the ones that are in his pasture, wants to kill your life. He wants to take the breath that God has breathed into you. He wants to take the dreams that God has placed inside of you. He wants to rip it away from you. You say, well, then what is destroying? Destroying is whenever he takes everything you left behind. So when the enemy comes in, and we read that scripture, to steal, kill, and destroy, he wants to take from you emotionally, he wants to stop your breath. In anything that you breathe life into during your life, he wants to eradicate that as well. He wants to ruin and taint your legacy. He wants to wipe it away. He wants your name gone. You see what I'm saying? And here's the, here's, here's the point I want you to get. If the enemy wants you gone, and he wants your legacy gone, there must be an enormous amount of value in you. I want to say it again. If the enemy is coming after to steal, kill, and destroy you, there must be an enormous amount of value inside of you. Listen, if, if, if you're going one way, and the devil's going one way, and you never have obstacles, well, something's wrong. 
It's when you meet opposition, you ought to rejoice and say, you know what, I must have something, something big to offer here. And I think about Christ Point Church. I think about the struggles. I think about uh, the, the good times. I think about the bad times. I think about the building itself. I think about the, the city around it. I think about Joplin over here. I think about all the people. And now, listen, it'd be amazing if everybody in Galena and everybody in Joplin went to church. It'd be absolutely incredible. But I say this respectively. We got more room in here for more people. This place wasn't built just for this crowd tonight. There's a tremendous amount of value in people that have come through these doors and people that are sitting at the gas station right now and people that are at the hotel and people that are down on Annie Baxter Street and people that are on 32nd Street and 7th Street. There's a tremendous amount of value and the devil is out to seek them and to steal them and to kill them and destroy them and take their legacy as well. But here stands Christ's point. A beacon of hope. A light. And I'll wrap it up with this part. We've talked about the sheep. We've talked about the wolf. But let me tell you about the good shepherd. Most assuredly, I say to you, in John 10, he says, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings them out, his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. I'm going to say that again. And he goes before them because they know his voice. Yet they will be by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they will do not know who the voice of strangers are. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things in which he spoke. So he said it again in verse number 7. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that ye may have life and have it more abundantly, because I am the good shepherd. Let me say it this way, and I'm going to read a verse, and if you would put it on the screen, um, if it's possible, it's a verse that there's a good chance that um, you've heard at many funerals, you've heard it throughout your life, you've maybe seen it on your uh, Nana and Papa's table, on the coffee table, opened up to Psalm chapter number 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you'll give me an opportunity, I want to make this chapter, chapter number 23 of Psalms, more real to you than it's ever been. And I'm going to associate it with Jesus in a way that maybe possibly you've never heard before. 
I told you some call him the king, some call him the majesty, some call him the prince of peace, the mighty savior, the good shepherd. Verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah Raha, shepherd. I shall not want Jehovah Jireh, provider. He makes me lie down in green pastures, Jehovah Shalom, he's my peace. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul, Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake, Jehovah Sidkenu, he's my righteousness. Verse number four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is always there. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He is Jehovah Nisi, the banner. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Jehovah Mekadesh, my sanctifier. Yes. Verse number six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. All the days of my life, Jehovah El Shaddai, he is all sufficient. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Jehovah Elion, he is the most high. That scripture, that chapter in the book of Psalms describes everything that Jesus is. All the names. And I started off by saying there's multiple, multiple names about who he is. If I can get you to understand and grasp, if I can get us to understand and truly fully grasp who he is as our good shepherd, he is our everything. Man, he's our everything. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. As a sheep, we continually look behind. If we can keep walking through the valley of unknown, you say, I lost my job, keep walking. You say, you don't have a clue what's going on with my family, just keep walking. Keep steady, keep your pace filled with grace and keep walking. You don't know what's being said about me. I don't need to know, just keep walking. You got the good shepherd. Stay focused, stay on track. Keep worshiping. Oh my goodness, keep worshiping. Start your day off with worship. End your day with worship. You say, I don't have time. Please, I'm begging you make time for worship. Not just on Sunday. Not just on Wednesday. Make time for worship. Yes. Yes. If it has to be in your car on the way to work, make it on your car on your car on your way to work. I mean, they did us a favor, right? They shut us down from going to work so we could worship. Yes. <laughs> Amen. I told you I wrestled today. I wrestled because of this right here. I've held you long enough, and I thank you for, for being with me. I felt like the Lord spoke to me, and, and I was supposed to tell you something. And I don't know who, I don't know who I'm supposed to tell. But I felt like I was supposed to tell you that some of you in here need to know the difference of who is in your corner and who has your back. You say it's the same thing. It's support. It's a support staff. No. Some of you are facing something right now. Mostly up in here, but something's going on in your life. And you feel like there are a group of people. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's confidants. Whatever it is. But there's a difference in people who are in your corner and people who have your back. 
What would it be like if the shepherd stood in the corner and saw a wolf coming and said, go on out there. I'll be right here in the corner whenever you get done. That's not what the good shepherd does. So there's a difference. If, you, if you're into boxing, if you're into anything like that, there, you have corner men. The corner men aren't the ones that fight with you. There's a difference in someone being in your corner and somebody that's got your back. I don't know why I felt like I was supposed to say it. I was driving down 44 today, and the Lord just said, bam, just like that. And I said, Lord, I don't know what that means. He said, I want you to tell them there's a difference in people that have you, people that are standing in their corner and people that have their back. Surround yourself with sheep that will help you and warn you when the wolf is coming. Not the sheep that will stand away from you in another corner shouting at you what you should be doing. Get somebody that's going to stand with you. And listen to God's voice. Be close enough to hear him when he says, hey, it's time that we all get out of this gate and we go over to this pasture for a while. And you say, but Lord, I don't understand why we're doing this. And he says, you don't need to understand. I'm the good shepherd. I see a little higher and I see a little farther than you do. Why don't you just come with me and let's go through this gate and go to this pasture. Trust his voice. Just trust him. In a world that is divisive, argumentative, opinionated, and offended. Surround yourself with somebody that's got your back. Surround yourself with someone that says to you face to face, listen, I don't like you all the time, but I love you all the time. We don't agree on everything, but we don't have to because we believe in the king together. And our experiences together are more valuable than they are apart. So Lord, I come to you tonight. My heart is empty and broken, but in a good way. Because I've realized that a broken bear is the best bear. Lord, I've probably said too much. I've probably spoken too long. Lord, there's a lot of us that are broken and in need of your presence and in need of the good shepherd. We don't know how to articulate it. We don't know how to say it all the time. But we just want you. And Lord, I've realized over the last two and a half to three years of my life that when my worship begins to fade, it's because my thankfulness has begun to fade. When my heart after you has begun to drop to the side, it's because my gratefulness has begun to drop to the side. So Lord, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. that you're doing and all that you will do. I could sing a million songs 
Dance till my feet are numb Move to the rhythm of love But I can't praise you enough You wept till I found my strength you Lost your breath trying to save me I'll never go back to that grave I can't praise you If time was to stall, I could never tell it all. Words of you, this will have to do. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. I'm grateful. And I just want to thank you. I just 
that we've been praying for the last two years. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Let's continue to pray. How many believes that God does answer and he does hear? And do you believe that tonight? That that's his nature. God's nature is that he responds to his children when they pray. And so tonight as we join in prayer, we're going to lift these petitions up to the Lord as a sign of worship, as a sign of praying. When we lift our hands, that's a sign of prayer, and it's a sign of worship. So if you're comfortable in doing that, would you do that tonight? It's a form of praying, and would you help me pray tonight? Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit. We confess that there is only but one God who eternally reigns as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, and so is it now, and so shall it ever be, world without end. We lift our hearts up in gratitude and appreciation. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you are doing, and all that you shall do. Lord, we thank you that you are good to us. And even if you don't answer these petitions, you're still good because we submit to your sovereignty. We, we understand that you're sovereign and we are not. But we also understand that we are your children. You're the father. You're the shepherd. We're the sheep. We're dependent upon you. We're helpless and hopeless without you. And God, your word says that we should present our petitions to you with thanksgiving. And so we come to you tonight and we present these petitions in the name of Jesus the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, if there's anything that would stop the hearing or the answers of our requests, then show it to us, Lord. Forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. If we're not praying according to your will, if we're praying amiss, forgive us. Let us pray according to your will and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Would you help me pray? Father, we pray that there would be a spiritual awakening that would occur at Christ Point Church. Let it start here. We pray for the city of Galena. We pray for the four-state region. We pray, Father, that their eyes would be open, that they would see their need for you, that we would be missional, 
Father, that, that, that there would be an awakening that would happen here, that this would be a spiritual oasis of your power and of your presence. Let it start here at Christ Point Church in the name of your son, Jesus. We pray that the systems and the structures and the strategies, we pray that they would only be according to your providence and according to your will, that they would be used to make fully functioning disciples of Jesus. Help us, Lord. We pray for numerical and spiritual growth. We pray, Father, that you would develop a mighty army of believers here in Galena, committed to the cause of Christ. Faithful and committed and teachable, we pray. Thank you, Father, that you're bringing them in from all four corners, from the north, the south, the east, and the west, that the plan and the purpose of God that you have destined for this place, Father, it shall come to pass, and we give you praise and we give you glory for it. Thank you for finances and resources. Thank you for what you've already done. Thank you, Father. Thank you for an abundant supply. Thank you, Father, for an abundant supply, for you're the God that owns a cattle on a thousand hills. You're the God that leaves 12 baskets full left over. There is nothing impossible for you, and we thank you. Thank you for favor with the assemblies of God. Father, we pray for wisdom in our leadership, that we would walk uprightly before you, that we would be Godward, that the decisions that we make would be, would be pleasing to you, and the edification of the kingdom of God and of this church, we pray. We pray that we would be a missional church, Lord, that from this very place, God, that other people would be reached. Give us a heart for not only this region, but give us a heart for the world, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray for tomorrow night's service. We pray for Sunday morning and Sunday night as we gather together. Lord, we depend upon you. We can't do this without you. We need you. Forgive us, Lord, for thinking that we can do it without you. Forgive us for leaning upon the arm of our flesh, for leaning upon our own ideas and plans. Forgive us for being prideful and arrogant and self-sustaining. Lord, we admit, confess, and acknowledge that we can cannot do it without you. We need your presence. Lord, we pray for tomorrow night. We pray for Sunday services. We pray that the people that you want here would be here. We pray their ears would be open. Their hearts would be teachable. We pray for conviction and righteousness. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I want you to go ahead and praise the Lord that he's a God that hears us. Come on, I want you to go ahead and honor God tonight. If you believe that we serve a good God, we thank you that the enemy is defeated and God is exalted. We say into Christ Point, live. We say into Christ Point, be vibrant. We say into the Valley of Dry Bones, hear the word of the Lord. We prophesy to Christ Point, be the church that God has called you to be. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, worship the Lord tonight. You're worthy of it all. you 
of Pastor Bear. Would you give it up? Come on, have you enjoyed? Bear, we love you. Amen.
Amen. We love you so much. We're going to end with this song. We, we did it last night, but I think it would be appropriate for us to end tonight with a blessing. Is that all right? Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Yeah.